Hey, this is Ian from Cyborg Octopus, and you are listening to a vulgar display of podcast. Welcome to the Vulgar Display Podcast, live in the Barn Studio. We have Mike here. Mike, how's it going? What's up? What's up, buddy? We have Ian from Cyborg Octopus online right now. How's it going, Ian? It's going well. What's up, everybody? Hey, uh, you're on California time. We figured that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, be- it's a beautiful world out here. Hey, I do want to shout out your publicist, Kristen, real quick. She's the one that set us up with this interview and we appreciate your time we're excited for this album that you have coming out between the light and air going to be out on august 26th from silent pendulum records i always kind of ask what's this time like for you where the album's done it's turned in maybe has been for a little bit but it's that sort of you're getting close to it being released to everybody this is actually the first time i'm thinking about what other people might think of the music like up and up up until this point I have not done any consideration as to, you know, how people are going to react to it. Because when we're making the music, it's a lot of guitar profiles and a lot of like, it sounds like video game music until it's done. So we don't even really know what the songs are going to sound like until they're completely finished. So we've been sitting on them for a little under a year now. So it's been pretty brutal just sitting on them and and not being able to share them with, with really anyone. But now I'm just looking forward for people to hearing it, whether people like it or not. I just want them to I want some comments. I want to hear what people think about it, you know, because some of those trolley comments are some of my favorites. So I'm just excited to uh, to get people to see it or hear it. And so this is a question that I hate to ask because it gets asked every interview that you see. Um, <laughs> but I, I just think it's it's so relatable to this. But your influences, we're, we're so interested to see what your influences are, because this is not a typical metal record. Yeah, we were trying to figure it out, and we just we couldn't. We were like, we got to ask this. Did, so generic. Did Kristen, did Kristen get you the whole the whole record? Yes. Awesome, awesome. Okay, I'm really glad you you listened to it. Um, all over. I would say, in terms of biggest influences, probably between the Buried in Me, System of a Down, Devin Townsend, and Cynic. Makes sense. Beautiful. So yeah. I would say those are those are my biggest influences, but I'm not writing a lot of the instrumentation. I know Bobby, our guitarist, who writes a lot of the music. He loves glam metal. He loves Van Halen. He <laughs> loves a lot of like 2008 deathcore bands, mm-hmm. you know. So, and then all of us love like disco and funk music. So <laughs> I think all of us really enjoy like an underlying groove in all of our music. So even though the music's kind of weird and all over the place, we really hope that people can, you know, move their hips to it, right? They can still groove a little bit with it. That's a, that's what we like to do. Are we crazy for, for guessing Opeth or Mr. Bungle? So it's funny. I had never listened to Mr. Bungle until we put out Disco Brain and then people were telling me to go listen to that. And so that I think is really cool, but it's not necessarily one of our influences. Um, I, I don't think other than just so many other bands are influenced by Mr. Bungle and then we are influenced by other bands, you know, yeah, right. and then Opeth, everybody likes Opeth. Everybody has some exposure to Opeth, I feel like. And 
I really like Between the Buried and Me. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought of Opeth as like European Between the Buried and Me. Like they're they're like that time before BT Bam was doing what they do. They were really paving the way for a lot of that prog. So yeah, it's kind of hard to not be influenced by those bands in the prog space. You know, in your uh, bio that, I, that Kristen did send over, it said that you guys really want to be unapologetic with your music. And I think mm-hmm. that I think that comes across on the record that you guys are who you are and, and um, you do what you do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like I said, uh, we we didn't think for a second about what people were going to think of the album. I think mm-hmm. what we thought about was what live shows were going to be like. <laughs> so there's certain spots on the album that like vocally I did things because I thought, oh, this will be so cool live or oh, this cool. will translate really well live because we did so many sh- shows on the last album. And the last album, we really didn't think about playing live at all. We just wrote the song. So I think this time when I was writing the vocal parts and we were writing some of those those transitions the crazier transitions we were thinking like how are people gonna like this or how are people gonna move to this in a live setting but never really thinking about like the haters like you can't ever Mm-mm. think about the haters at all you just got to do what you love we were joking around about how much of a, a bitch it must be to be you guys as sound guy i mean you'd have to be a master of like orchestration in your own right because you'd have to you know okay that stab that organ stab is going to happen in 15 seconds. Okay, here we go. Boot, yeah. Turn that mic yeah. on. And then, you know, you just got to kind of be really on top of your shit. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And live, because of some of the new songs, we have four vocal mics on stage too. So we have four vocal mics <laughs> and then our saxophone player has a wireless XLR for his saxophone. And he has two saxophones. Yeah. So he has two saxophones and two keyboards on stage. And then we have four vocal mics because we all like to do the gang vocals. Like that's why there's a lot of gang vocals on the album because I thought about how fun it was going to be for all of us to be singing on stage together. Um, that was a huge part of it for me. But yeah, the sound guy, I always shout out the, I call him sound master, whoever it is, mm-hmm. they're the sound master. And we got to, we got to give them as much props as possible. Cause then they like us and they'll help us. Cause we know it's difficult to uh, mix all the stuff we got going on. Yeah. You got, you got to get them on your team, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can make or break you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely thank in advance. I'm just, thank you for all the work you're going to do for us. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm not a sound engineer, but you know how you would mix it you know, even work the controls for a saxophone is going to be a lot different than a mic'd up Marshall cab or something, you know, it's going to cut through totally different than a, you know, fuzz guitar or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, we're also pretty thankful because, you know, the saxophone and how it's played, it like rattles through his head. So he doesn't need a lot of saxophone in the monitors or anything, which we're really thankful about because we feel like the saxophone would really drown everything else out if we were hearing it through the stage sound. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of just hear it through the crowd and hear it through the, the general speakers, but he doesn't really need a whole lot of uh, feedback for himself there. What do you have in your live sound in your monitors or in your in-ears? What's important for you to hear? The snare drum. I think cyborg music is driven by the snare a lot. Like there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff and grooves that are driven by the snare. And also Bobby, our main guitarist. But uh, it's actually funny. Our bassist says he looks to me for timing a lot because my, I like to think my timing is really good. So a lot of there's a lot of like vocal cues that I use. So obviously I want to be turned up super loud so I can hear myself. Um, but other than that, really, the lead guitar and snare is what I need more than anything. The snare is interesting. I, yeah. I'm not sure I've heard that before. Well, I'm going to, now when we listen again, I'm going to focus in on the snare. I'm yeah. see what you're talking That's the click track, right? Yeah. The snare. Yeah. Do you play to a click? 
yeah, so our, our drummer has a click and pretty much the songs playing with a click in them in his ears. And so we have like a splitter. So the left channel is all the clicks and backing track mm. and the and the right is only the backing track. Oh, that way we can play that out to the to the crowd. Yeah, very cool. What are your rehearsals like, Ian, for tour? Um <laughs> I feel almost embarrassed to say this, but so we just did a three, we did a three day run with our, our boys in flub and we did not practice at all. We just, <laughs> we practice by ourselves. And then I really do look at the shows like, like a six way trust fall. Like all of us <laughs> really, we just, pr we trust that everybody has done all the work that they needed to do. So when we, when we first finished the album, we did one, we did, one weekend where we did two practices in two days that were like really long and we learned the first half of the album and then we did it again for the back half of the album so we pretty much just get it together one time and make sure we're good but you know our drummer's from reno and so it does make it difficult to get to get practices in before runs because you know it's difficult to get as much time off work as we would like so getting it done and getting us together is is really a huge part of it and we are getting some new members soon so with the new members we're gonna have another like big weekend of it's kind of like brotherhood events you know we get together we like really bond have that camaraderie and we just spend most of the days practicing and really getting uh you know getting that muscle memory together i listen and i'm i imagine you know taking it like measure by measure because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it just sounds so it sounds so complicated to me you know like, uh, but man, we've been we've been jamming it uh, all day today, and loved, awesome, love it, love it. I awesome. hear some, any any songs that stuck out stuck out to you guys. What what was your favorite? Oh, uh, the one the video we were watching, Specters. Uh, yeah, Specters. Yeah, with the, <laughs> the it's kind of like a western scene. Yeah, yeah. How fun was that video to um, shoot? It was great. It was great. Um, so that video was done by Ma Michael Alvarez from Flub. So they're like mm -hmm. our, our sister band. We, we go way back with them. So um, he did all the filming for that. Um, but I actually directed the video. So I bought all the props, all the costumes. I picked a location and then pretty much shot for shot. I went second by second through the video and gave him a write up of what every every shot should look like. So before the day, uh, before the day of the shooting, we had everything so ready that we were like, we're getting this video done today, no matter what. Right. So it was a, it was a crew of like us. And I would say maybe another five, six people that kind of followed us around all day and shot, <laughs> did all the shooting. Um, and then because, you know, the band, we try to be efficient with it. The very next day we did another music video. So mm -hmm. there will be more music videos coming out in the future. We didn't want to just stop supporting the album. Once the release hits, there's going to be more content and more videos and stuff as time goes on we know that was really successful with our last album just doing a lot of video content um and so we're, we're just so excited to have new stuff to create content for you know watching that video you really get a feeling of a, a, a good sense of humor with the band and I, I really like that it's just such a fun video man do you ever doing what you do do you ever does it ever hit you sometimes like i can't believe this is my fucking job man <laughs> like, <laughs> um a little bit i think you know, the band, when we first started, we were like a deathcore band with weird parts, you yeah. know, like we, we were a deathcore band and had like a salsa part or we were, you know, a deathcore band and had a funk part. But I think more and more, we just try to be so, so genuine with what we're doing. Right. I think like metal in general is theater. Right. And you get to mm -hmm. be whoever you want to be. Right. And so 
realistically in that moment we're we're prog superheroes and that's kind of how we see it you know we're making whatever we want and being dumb and know what you know like we're doing exactly what we want and so i think that's the most rewarding thing for me is that wow we do this really weird niche thing Mm -hmm. and there's still people out there that are you know it's resonating with them you know, which blows my mind. And that's really the part that I think is really cool uh, that people are looking for something different that like surprises them in music. And, you know, I, I love our band. And, you know, I, if, if I wasn't in the band, I would be, I'd be jamming this, this music too. So that's what really hypes me up on it. It's truly the epitome of, you know, if the artist loves what they're doing, truly enjoys it, it's going to, it's going to be compelling to the listener. Definitely. And we want people to we want people to know that like that passion's good for like whatever it is. Right. And I, and definitely live. We want to show that we're we're passionate about what we're doing. And that's why we have so much fun with it. But when it comes to connecting with people, you can take the music very seriously, but also not take yourself seriously. You know, absolutely. So that's really the goal is that like this this band is a paradox and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But, you know, life doesn't make a lot of sense. Get over it. You know, that's kind of how I how I see it, you know, we're just doing what we want. And the people that are on board are going to be on board no matter what we're doing, because it is for open-minded people. Relax and float downstream, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Talk about Spectres, and that's, uh, you know, one of the singles for this album. But can we talk about my favorite one and actually maybe even hear a couple minutes, a couple seconds of it? Yeah, yeah. Which, Which one? Trash Island. Fuck yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, let's get, let's, uh, let's, let's give a little bit of it. Trash eating trash or, yeah, yeah. I love that. We are garbage eating garbage. Eating garbage, that's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually the, the the day after the day after the Spectres video is when we filmed the video for that one. So oh, that'll be coming out God. soon too. So we got some we picked the wackiest ones to make videos for because we knew that would be the most fun for us. That's dude. the most interesting song I've heard this year. Absolutely. Awesome, dude. Thank you. Absolutely. We, and we listened to a ton of new yeah. music. And <laughs> if you could have seen us, we we just both had huge smiles. Like yeah, dancing around <laughs> dancing around the studio here. It just makes it just makes you happy. Like you can't. Yeah, man. And that's what it's, that's what it's all about. And that's how I know when I've won, when like, when we've won a crowd over is when I see those same people that were like crossing their arms in the crowd smiling. Yeah. Like I know we did what we were there to do, you yeah. know, but that song, I, I, I joke a lot, but I was super, when I was young, I, my mom was really into Motown and R and B music. And I loved when I was a kid, little Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And so that sort of like, nah, nah, you yeah. know, like that yeah. very, yeah. 
that so that was where a lot of the influence from the early the early parts of the song came from and that's what i like the most about it too being the vocalist is i get to pull from a lot of different places and then also use all the year decades of metal time you know and metal experience i have to like put my own spin on it because again it's you know, uh, it's time for me to pretty much karaoke my own songs is kind of how i think about it i get to mm-hmm. play karaoke to whatever i make so yeah being able to do a song like that is just a, is a blessing it's just a, a lot of fun tremendous how do you keep your voice in shape when you tour man because like i hear that stuff that you do vocally and that's got to be I mean, I'd be losing my voice after 10 minutes. It's rough. I'm going to be honest. It is It is very rough, and I'm definitely pushing myself. Um, I think the biggest things are, it's not the screaming that messes me up. It's the yelling in a loud bar after I'm done. Oh, wow. So... I try to do merch before our set and not after our set, because if I'm needing to yell to people after the set, I'm going to really wear out my voice because it's already sore, right? So, but every tour, it's like the first two to three days are super rough. And then I break through it and I'm good the rest of the way. And I also warm down. Um, A friend of mine, uh, Scott, he told me about these vocal warm downs and pretty much you're making siren noises. And I, I hope this isn't too loud, but you go, and so you pretty much are like smoothing out and like stretching your vocal cords after the set so it's 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 instead of a warm up it's a warm down and i'm pretty much softening you know softening my vocal cords a little bit after the fact and so that's i found to help as well and i'm a big i'm a big marijuana smoker but on tour i do not smoke or drink Mm. um because it'll i just will destroy my voice way too quick and you've talked about kind of doing weekend weekend shows. Are there any, you know, longer tours in the works or in the plans for the upcoming future? Yes, we uh, have a couple things in the works, hopefully uh, October. We've got one that's getting booked right now and then uh, February and March of next year. So there is we're trying to get out and we're going to be doing more touring in the next year than I think this band has ever done. So, you know, with some member changes and some lineup changes, We've got a lot of people that are very down and able to go on the road and, you know, play shows. So, you know, the longest we've done before is maybe two weeks. And so we're trying to at least get that long. Those the trips we're going out on to be as, at least that long, you know, because we, we know there's a lot of places not on the West Coast that we have uh, not played before. And we want to we want to see as many people as possible. We'd like to see you in St. Louis at some point. So if you ever get this way, we'll link up with you. We're talking with Ian from Cyborg Octopus. You are going to go get that album August 26th, Between the Light and the Air. I have to ask you about the artwork on the album. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So colorful. Who did the album? So I designed the artwork. So I pretty much make a sketch or like a a storyboard. So I made storyboard frames for the band. We voted on, I made one for each song. So I made eight. And then the band picked the best four and we sent those off to an artist. But cool. I pretty much have a, a mock-up of what I want it to look like. And then I actually send him the color palette that I'm looking for him to use. Very so, cool. So I'm really involved with the artwork. I was really involved with the artwork on the last album as well. So that's just, you know, part of my fun as the vocalist. Is, and I'm, I'm also kind of band manager as well. So I manage a lot of the business end of the band. Um, I'm also the only founding member left in the band. So I think when you're just the oldest guy around, they start to give you all the responsibility. <laughs> but um, band dad. I did, I, I love, yeah, I'm definitely band dad in spirit. There's other guys who look more band dad than me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm spiritual band dad. But when it came to 
putting making the art i i wanted something colorful i love bright colors and i love fantasy landscapes you know i'm a, i'm a lord of the rings junkie yeah. um i love that kind of stuff and so when it came to the the artwork i wanted it to be like a strange land you know what i mean like when mm -hmm. I, how i feel how i feel listening to the album is how i wanted the, the the art to portray it and you know let's be real we're we're floating on a rock through space right now we're all traveling through a strange land so i really wanted the the uh, the music and the art to reflect that kind of going back to trash island real quick can we talk about that lyric we are garbage eating garbage yeah yeah um there's a you know there's a a lot of different ways to look at it, but I think another line to bounce off that later in the song is our legacy will be the garbage we create. So in a lot of ways, we're talking about like, literally we're trashing this place we live, which is less than stellar, right? So we're, I referenced the Pacific trash vortex, which is the giant island of trash in the Pacific ocean. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about like literal trash, but we're also talking about like your legacy is the, the stuff you do here, mm -hmm. you know, the, and like, I'm, I'm joking around, it's tongue in cheek, right? So it's garbage, right? Like whatever we make here is garbage, but you know, it's, it's all we're going to have. So if you're going to do something like do it wholeheartedly. So I think that's, that's really a big part of that. We are garbage eating garbage. It's like, like we, what do we know? You know what I mean? Yeah. What do, what do yeah. we know? It's like a in, feedback in loop. Like a feedback. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And cycles and feedback loops is a lot of what I write about for, for our albums. And, you know, a lot of the lyrics e even are referencing some of the stuff on the last album, you know. So there's just a lot of, you know, the things I think about and the things the band think about and what we talk about is kind of what goes into into the lyrics and the subject matter. Well, Ian, we know your time's limited, man. So we appreciate your time. If you're listening to this, you are going to go out August 26th and get the album Between the Light and the Air and uh, it's going to be available everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Spotify, all the streaming stuff. Uh, vinyls are going to be on Bandcamp through Silent Pendulum Records. Um, and we also are re-releasing our first album the same day on vinyl as well. So there's there's two variants that are left of each. Two of the three variants aren't sold out yet. Um, but yeah, the pre-orders are available now. So thank you so much, guys. Uh, really appreciate your time. It's been a lot of fun. And one more thing. We're going to listen to the snare drum. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> yeah, that's our quick track. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, sometimes like the snare like in one riff is starting the riff, but then we'll end the next riff. You know what I mean? So a lot yeah. of times that tempo is, you know, putting parts that don't feel like they should fit together together in a way that makes them danceable. And if you can dance to it, I think I think you've won the game. So that's really what we're trying to do all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. We enjoyed our talk today and we enjoyed your, our time with you. Awesome. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Ian. All right, bye.